It sets a precedent for your self-worth, that you're worthy of a few minutes of alone time to relax, that your goals, that your relaxation, that your level of stress really matters. It gives you time to think, to plan, to problem solve, to set goals, to just not think about anything, whatever. You are worthy. It's healthy. It sets a healthy example. And this is something that you're going to carry forward throughout your journey of parenthood. So it's important. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So I made a huge mistake this year. It's both a personal mistake, but it's also a parenting mistake. It definitely flows over into parenting. I'm grateful it didn't turn out to be a lot worse. Now, we all have areas where we're really good and areas where we tend to fall short. So what did I do? I ignored my own health. I didn't put on my own oxygen mask first. I can make up a hundred excuses about how I took care of myself in other ways, about how and why I prioritized other things, including all the fun things with my kids and spending time with my kids, all important. Things like renovating my house, maintaining a business to pay for our house. I mean, what's more important than paying for the stuff we all need to live? How I didn't think that it was that important because I've always been super healthy and how I thought my fatigue and my hair loss was from too much stress from trying to manage all those other things of being a single parent, managing a single parent household while their dad is off for a six month assignment in the Middle East. So today I'm going to talk about the seven areas of self-care, some simple steps to get you on track if you're letting any of these slip like I did. We all have areas where we are naturally or where we've learned to really focus, and we all have some areas where we generally let them slip. So I want to give you all a plan to get and keep yourself at some level of priority in all of these areas, because they're all important, as you'll see, not just in most areas or some areas. Because as I learned, letting one of them slip affects so much how we show up in all these other areas where we need to be our best for ourselves and for our kids. But What I also want to do is take a moment to reintroduce myself because there's a lot of new listeners and it's been a long time since I've really talked about my why, since I've talked about why I do this, I've talked about my background. So I'm going to do that. So first, in case you missed that on the podcast, my name is Erin. I have a master's in clinical psychology with a specialty in child development and family dynamics, which basically just means the ways in which family members relate to one another in commonly unhealthy ways and unhealthy patterns as well as how we overcome those to work towards healthier dynamics in our family that lead to more positive outcomes in the areas of mental health, self-esteem, self-efficacy, and more for ourselves and our children. Most importantly, I'm also a mom to three kids 20 months apart. My oldest son, Carter, I actually just interviewed him for the first time on the podcast a few weeks ago to do something different. I thought it might be interesting for people to hear from my son what it's like to be my son and grow up in this family. He will soon be turning 14. 
And my twins, Chandler and Taylor, are now 12. I worked as a therapist through a local school district in elementary, middle, and high schools, as well as a family agency for several years. What I saw was a lot of struggle between parents and children, especially once they hit the middle school level, that I felt could be avoided. Children and parents dealing with a lot of strife, contention, misunderstandings, as well as kids just struggling with being a teenager, what it meant to be a tween, and all the normal stuff, but they didn't feel like their parents could help them, and so they were coming to me. And so my work was then to help bridge the gap between parent and child, help parents understand child development, help understand what child was going through at that time in their lives as a middle school student or the struggles that they were having in elementary school and high school, and then help give parents the skills to help support their child so that they're coming to each other, so that they are building that bond with each other through overcoming challenges together. So really what it was was just a lack of some skills and some education about child development and about psychology. Once I worked with families on this, I helped parents and kids and bridge these misunderstandings. Things would really shift in those families. Kids were happier. Grades were turning around. Parents and kids were connecting better and working together. And so as a parent myself, my goal for my family has always been to avoid these exact issues and more by creating and maintaining connected relationships with my kids based in love, mutual respect, trust, understanding. Understanding of not just their experience, their individual experience, but also of their abilities and limitations at their age and to be their trusted guide and leader through this process of growing up. I also wanted to raise kids who were confident, responsible, kind, respectful, and emotionally intelligent not just so we could have great relationships, not just so that I could be a great influence on them, but so that they could go out in the world and be well-prepared to face life's challenges, overcome them, and live a really fulfilling life. So these are all the things I wanted to share with parents who share these goals and ideals for their own families. And now with two tweens and a teen, I can unequivocally say that I am doing what I set out to do. These years have actually been relatively easy, these tween and teen years. They're not filled with strife. They're actually quite the opposite. And not that we don't have things that we continue to work on, especially in the areas of emotional intelligence and responsibility. Those are continued areas of improvement and and work. But the mutual respect, the connection, the love, the trust, it's all quite strong and it makes all the difference. I know that my kids will make good decisions. I know that if they get into some sort of situation where they don't feel comfortable, they will call me, they will reach out to me, they will ask for my help, and I will be able to be there for them. They won't try to hide things from me. They won't make silly decisions that are going to end up really costing them short or long term. As I've continued on this journey as a parent and as an individual, I found that there are additional messages and a mindset that I now impart to my children as well. But I'm going to talk about that in another episode because I do want to have the time to cover this topic to the degree that it does deserve today. Okay, so I'm going to start with the area where I really messed up, medical health. Okay, so again, those are seven areas of self-care that are really important for us as parents, as individuals to take care of ourselves, as an example to our children on how to take care of ourselves, and so that we can show up for ourselves and our children in ways that we all deserve. So the first area I'm going to cover is the one where I really messed up, and that is on my physical health in a medical sense. So I really messed this up, like really. I'm great at getting an appointment with my therapist, my dentist, my eye doctor, even my annual woman's exam. So mental health, check. Vision, check. Dental health, check. Reproductive health, check. Even a mammogram. 
but I hadn't been to a primary care doctor for an overall physical in over three years. Brain good, eyes good, teeth good, lady parts good. Main foundation that holds it all together, not so good. I can make all the excuses. Like I said, we moved. I struggled to find a new doctor through my insurance, and this is all true. But the truth is I didn't make it a priority. I assumed my symptoms were due to stress and aging. So in the new year, I'm giving the list here and I'm going to encourage you all to take an inventory. And if you are behind in any of these areas of your medical health, go get checked for anything missing. Then I'm going to cover the other six areas of self-care that are really important for ourselves and for our families so that we can really show up for ourselves in our lives and for everyone else. So what happened to me is I went in for my basic CBC blood panel and it showed signs of anemia, low hematocrit, low hemoglobin, and the sizes of the cells were all wonky all over the place because my body was releasing immature cells to get some red blood cells into my system. So after a further workup, it showed my iron was very low, like extremely low. I had almost zero iron stores in my blood. So I basically just have very little iron storage and very little iron carrying capacity in my body right now. Luckily, it's nothing terminal. It's nothing that's irreversible. But it's not unheard of for a parent, a mom or a dad to ignore signs of a health issue, maybe out of fear, maybe out of sheer busyness, or they're just hoping it's going to get it fixed on its own. But if they had gone in earlier, it very probably could have been treated but it ended up being something very serious, sometimes even terminal. So take a lesson from me. Please don't do that. So for me, and I hope for any of you who have been putting off any healthcare related visits and putting everyone and everything else first, this scare was enough to solidify for me that I will never put any of my healthcare on the back burner again. My kids love to ask me, when are we going to go do this again? When are we going to go do that again? They love going to certain places and exploring and seeing new things. And I love it too. But this one thing kept getting pushed for everything else, and that's not okay. Okay, I'm going to talk about the second area that I'm going to get to. I actually cover all six of these areas in my Peaceful Parenting Part 1 class because self-care really is a foundational piece for being able to be a more patient parent, a more intentional parent, a more calm parent, even just a parent who shows up with enough energy to take care of everything throughout the day. However, this one piece is missing, the medical health piece. This basic medical and physical health, I I guess I thought it was so basic, so fundamental that it doesn't need mentioned, but clearly in my case, and I'm sure I'm not alone, it's the fundamentals that we forget or we take for granted. So I'm going to add that to the class. And so what I have there is I have the six other pieces I'm going to go over in just a minute, but there's also a checklist. And so with this checklist, you're, you're doing a self-care self-assessment. So you can see where you're doing really well and where you're falling short. And then it gives you like an overall rating of where you are in your self-care. So missing any of these can absolutely affect how we show up for our kids. We definitely can't show up as our best if our health is compromised. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 
30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than HomeThreads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. Okay, the second area is sleep. Sleep is when our bodies rejuvenate. Adults require seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep per night for optimal functioning. Now, if you're pregnant or your baby is really young, that's likely not going to happen. It's a stage, and once baby hits three to four months old, you can begin working on stretching out sleep. But by four to six months, baby can, so long as baby wasn't a preemie or otherwise have any other health conditions that would affect the sleep or ability to sleep, they can be ready to sleep longer through the night. So my class on infant sleep and toddler sleep give methods, tips, and tools for this process to feed baby without fully waking, which is awesome. If you can Go in, feed baby without them waking up because when they wake up hungry, they're going to be really upset because they're going to try to get you awake. So they're going to wake up, they're going to be fully awake. And then you're feeding, then you're trying to calm them back down for sleep. So there's a process for feeding baby before they're fully awake. This way it's a lot easier to get them to go back to sleep. It's much quieter, much calmer, much gentler, as well as other methods for working on bedtimes and nighttime sleep and getting baby and toddlers to sleep better go to sleep better at night stay asleep throughout the night and then I talk about sleep schedules by age we talk about expectations of sleep by age we talk about troubleshooting bedtime and nighttime issues if you're having those just like adults toddlers and kids need their sleep too for optimal development and learning if you are struggling with sleep and it's attributed to children not sleeping well you want to take some steps to address that to set up some important lifelong habits for all of you if you aren't sleeping well not attributed to kids here are some tips In addition, the other areas I'm going to cover can also have a big influence on our quality of sleep. So if you're having trouble falling or staying asleep, 
Screens can have a big impact, especially if it's a phone or a tablet. The light, especially from phones and tablets, but all screens tend to excite the neurons in the brain and they can make it really difficult for the brain to calm down or sleep. So you want to try turning off any screens, TVs, computers, phones, or tablets one hour before bed. This is for both adults and kids. Now, I know for a lot of us working from home or working for ourselves, sometimes evenings are good times to get that extra work done. When kids are in bed, we've gotten the dishes done at the end of the night, and we just want to sit down and answer a few emails. Or the kids are quietly playing on their own if you have older kids like mine. But stepping away from work to give your mind a break, not just from the screen, can help your mind and body get ready for sleep. Because let's think about it. It's not just the screen that can excite our brain, but if we're answering emails and we're thinking about that meeting for the next day and we're thinking about all the things we need to do, that can also get us in a state of stress or excitement in a way, right? Excite the neurons when we're just planning and thinking and make it difficult to fall asleep. So you might want to think about bringing in a new bedtime ritual. So for me, I try to journal most nights before falling asleep. And yeah, it's only like five to 15 minutes of journaling, just enough to kind of calm my mind down, set some goals, do some affirmations, do some gratitude journaling, that kind of thing. Between that and my hygiene rituals and a cup of tea, it can give me a good 45 minutes to an hour space between shutting the computer and laying down to sleep each night. Okay, the next area, area number three, exercise. Now, the body was meant to move. It will stay healthier. It will last longer. It will slow the aging process. And I'm not kidding about that. That's not just marketing for exercise. But research shows that exercise actually slows down the aging process at the cellular level. It also gives us energy. It keeps our hormones and our body systems, all of them, in better balance overall. Now, this doesn't mean you have to do a bunch of cardio every day or do anaerobic sprints. Those are great if you love them. But walking, yoga, cycling, anything, a minimum of 20 minutes a day five or more days a week can make a big difference in both physical and mental health. This is an area of self-care that does come relatively easy for me, but I know that this is not the case for a lot of people. I know a lot of people really struggle with this. So start small, do what you can, make the commitment to yourself, make it a habit, Maybe it's just walking your dog, if that helps. Maybe it's to get your kids out and walk with them or have them ride their balance bike or ride their bike while you walk. Or maybe you want to go in the wee hours of the morning or after they're in bed at night or in the evening after dinner while your partner is home with the kids for 20 to 30 minutes and get some quiet time to yourself. Um, If you do it in the morning, it's a great way to start your day before the kids get up. If it's at night, it's a great way to kind of Close out your day, get a little exercise. It also helps you get your body in balance to fall asleep. It's great for everything. But getting out on your own when the world is quiet. I love swimming, swimming with your head under the water. You don't have to listen to anything going on out in the world. Going for a hike, going for a run on the trails. You can set goals, you can problem solve, you can do a lot of things. You can think about something that you did that day that you want to do differently. It is good for so many things. And it just, because the body is moving, because the blood is flowing, it helps release a lot of endorphins and helps you get to a place where you can actually get to the root of the things that you're trying to solve in your life. But it's a time where you can really figure out a lot of things that you just can't do when you don't have that quiet time to yourself. The same for yoga. Yoga is great. The quiet, the movement, the rhythm. It allows your thoughts to flow more easily. And we can often solve a lot of those problems during these activities. So if you followed me for a longer time, you know I used to be a triathlete. 
but I burned out on that. I haven't trained or raced in over two years. I switched to horseback riding a few years ago, but that isn't enough cardio for me. So I do workouts at the gym with my oldest son. I do his tennis conditioning workouts with him and it's great bonding for us. We also go to yoga together to stay limber and keep from getting injured. I've also started playing pickleball. There are so many great sports options out there, movement options out there that are fun, that are social, that are healing, that are quiet. Whatever it is that you need, there is an option for that. And there is an option for pretty much every body, every mind-body connection on this planet. There is some sort of exercise that is going to be a great fit for you for whatever it is that you're needing right now in your life. But, you know, if it's not fun or it's not healing or it's not rejuvenating in some way, it's going to be extremely difficult to stick with it. So take some time to think about what actually sounds like the right fit for you right now and give it a try. Find a friend even. I dragged my friend Melinda to pickleball with me. And actually, she was very willing. She's like, sure, I'll try anything. We had a great time. And as soon as this stinking weather gets better and the kids are back in school and it stops raining here in Southern California, we'll be going back more regularly. For me, I need some more social outlet. And I think so does she because we both just moved here a few years ago. So whatever it is that you need, there is an option. So take some time, think about it, take a look around. And again, think about taking your friend if that's going to help you stay more dedicated to any kind of practice, whether it's yoga or pickleball or hiking or whatever, setting goals and, hey, we're going to do this 5K together. Hey, do you want to train to climb this mountain together? Whatever. A friend is often a great benefit to help with that. Okay, the third area, nutrition. I know this is another area that can be a real struggle for a lot of people. It's also very personal, I realize. We all have challenges and a lot of um, of people have very particular regimens for their diet now that they try to follow for whether it's for a health condition or their values or both. So if we have particular challenges, we know exactly what they are for us. And what I'm going to cover is just some really basic guidelines that are going to fit pretty much every diet out there. So my challenges, my personal challenges tend to be sugar and diet soda because I love sugar. Whenever I don't want to do sugar, I start to go to the diet soda because, oh, it's sweet and it kind of curbs that sweet tooth, but it's so bad for you and I know it. So it's not about perfection. For me, it's about just keep moving towards a better and better version of myself in steps that work for me. So I'm just going to, again, go over some really basic ideas of places that you can make improvements, big or small, if these are areas of challenges for you. So Again, sugar and diet soda. In no healthy diet regimen are these recommended. Now by sugar, I mean the processed refined white sugar. I'm not talking about things that have natural sugars in them like milks or fruit sugars, that kind of thing. So in general, cutting back on refined sugars and sodas, whether they're diet or not, because the not diet, sugar, so, or even worse, corn syrup. So another one is refined processed foods. Talk about corn syrup, that's a processed food, right? These things that have bleached, enriched flours in them, those are definitely processed. The chips, the crackers, the cookies, all that stuff is refined processed foods. So the more whole foods that we can go to, the more all you know natural foods that we can go to, the better. Again, another area of struggle for me. Increasing water. 
So we want to do eight cups at least a day, fresh fruits and vegetables, lean proteins, whether you eat animal proteins or you stick predominantly or all with non-animal sources, any kind of lean protein is another great source of fuel for our bodies. So making small shifts at a time, add a few more fresh fruits or veggies at one or more meals or snacks, cutting out um, common foods from a particular meal that you've made a habit. So for me, I cut out all the carbs at breakfast. And I started doing some protein shakes. I started doing fruits. And so I start out with a really good solid meal at breakfast. It keeps me on better track for the day. So remember to give yourself credit for the changes and focus on those too. So if you do start changing one of your meals, whether it's a breakfast or a lunch, and you start eating better for that, but you're still snacking or eating some of those other foods other times a day, remember to give yourself credit. Remember to give yourself time to make shifts. If you want to make those other shifts, great. But don't get all down on yourself because you're doing better at breakfast, but then you feel like you blew your lunch or you're in the same habits for lunch. One step at a time. If you try to go cold turkey and try to just cut out everything all at once, it's really hard to stick with. Some people can do it. I can't. I have to make small changes. So making a few small changes at a time, moving towards a more healthier nutrition intake over time, giving yourself a month, six weeks two months to really make some major changes. If that works better for you, like it does for me, that's what I recommend. And then the other thing I like to keep in mind, this works for me, is the real catalyst for me is that when I just get really tired of being uncomfortable in my body, I know what it feels like to feel comfortable in my body. I can imagine what it feels like to feel comfortable in my body. And I connect with that. And I hold on to that and I don't let it go. And I remind myself, Every moment I'm making a decision about what to eat in that moment, I remind myself how I want to look, how I want to feel this coming summer on vacation with my kids. This is me envisioning my future and me and my future. And of course, it doesn't hurt that I'm also aligning with the idea of finding a new relationship where I feel amazing in my body, right? When I meet this person, I want to feel amazing in my body and I want to be excited about feeling healthy and fit as well. So that's a little bit extra incentive for me at this point in my life. Okay, the fourth area is downtime. How much time do you get to yourself each day when you don't need to do things for others? No work, no chores, no anything but time to do whatever you want, whether that's chat with a friend, read, meditate, walk, drink a cup of tea while you scroll your phone or coffee for you. Maybe I'm a tea person. Most people are coffee people. You know, take a walk as long as it's for you. Not like, oh, I have to walk the dogs if they're not going crazy today. If it's for the dog and it's not something that you get joy and you feel, I mean, hopefully you do. But if it's more of a duty, that's not time to yourself. It's a walk because it's what you want to do to relax, to clear your head or just to go outside. If your answer is none or hardly ever to that question, right, about how much time do you get to yourself each day, if your answer is none or hardly ever, you want to try to figure out a way to just get 20 minutes to yourself. Gosh, if you can do it every day, it's great. Again, switching these habits four days a week. I would say shoot for four days a week minimum. Try to get five, six, even seven. It's especially hard with a newborn. I get it. Or toddlers. Three toddlers. I had three toddlers but try to make it a priority to some degree. It sets a precedent for your self-worth, that you're worthy of a few minutes of alone time to relax, that your goals, that your relaxation, that your level of stress really matters. It gives you time to think, to plan, to problem solve, to set goals, to just not think about anything, whatever. You are worthy, it's healthy, it sets a healthy example. 
And this is something that you're going to carry forward throughout your journey of parenthood. So it's important. If you can get it up to 30 or even a little more, that's even better. Exercise can count if it's something you want to do with your free time for yourself. If you dread exercise and it's a struggle, but you're doing it because it's a change you want to make, it's a habit you want to try to create, it's something you want to try to connect to and get better at and start to enjoy, until you start to enjoy it, that doesn't count as downtime for yourself. So for me, it counts because it is something I do enjoy for the most part. But even so, I still try to give myself that 10 to 15 minutes at the end of the day to journal. It doesn't always happen, but I try. I know my kids are older, so this does get easier. Your kids are young and it's a struggle. It will get easier, but try to just take whatever you can. Try to eke out that little bit of time for yourself because you deserve it. And it's also better for everyone. It helps you be a calmer parent and helps you be a more intentional parent when you get that time to yourself. We really do need it. But just try to make some kind of priority, even if you can't make it happen every day. Okay, the fifth, well, the sixth area, if we're counting the medical health, which I do, (laughs) definitely do now. The sixth area is support. Friendships, supportive family, can be your partner. I should say it can be your partner. It should be your partner, but a lot of times it's not. So (laughs) um, people you can talk to who give you the kind of support you need, whatever that is. So like when my kids were really little, I didn't have support outside of their dad, who was great, but it was very isolating because he would go off to work. I'd be with the kids all day. And then he would come home and he was the only contact with the outside world I pretty much had. I had a few mom friends, but it wasn't anyone I felt super close to or that I really felt like I could lean on. But once we moved, when they were three, three and four, it did take some time. Once they started elementary school, I found my tribe. There were other swim moms. There were friends at the gym. Kids, friends, moms all became a part of my tribe. Then once we moved to San Diego two years ago, that was rough too. But I did find friends and I now have two really good girlfriends here. And I still have all the ones from our old town who was only a couple hours away, who I still talk to regularly and even see, I don't know, every three months or so. So think about what your support structure is made of. How often do you get out with them? Can you just call someone up if you're struggling? Do you have a few people you can call and just to vent to? I know it's hard and I'm lucky to get time with each of my girlfriends each month. So each of my two girlfriends, I probably see each of them about once a month. So I get about every two weeks, I get to get out with just one of my girlfriends. But I also have the friends that I can text or call at the drop of a hat if I need someone to talk to. Now, if your support network isn't what you'd like it to be, think about how you can start to grow it. I know it takes time and finding the right fit is a process in patience. I went through this when we moved here. It was COVID. It was tough. We really weren't getting out of the house. I wasn't joining anything yet. There was so much going on in our lives. There was a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of change for everyone. And I did tell myself, like I started to get not depressed, but I was definitely feeling blue because we need connection in the world. And I didn't have that connection and it was very hard. And I finally said to myself after I think we'd been here probably of a year and I was like, okay, I need to start working on friendships. This needs to become a priority for me. And so that's what I did. I started focusing on friendships and lo and behold, people just kind of showed up in my life. That was really amazing. So once my friend Melinda showed up in my life, who actually moved from an area I used to live in, I knew her before, and we both ended up down here in San Diego. So it was a total surprise to have this person just show up in my life again. And we've connected. It's been an amazing friendship. I'm so grateful for that. And so 
I asked her about pickleball and this is a really great social sport. I'm really looking forward to doing more of this spring when it gets warmed up around here and we start seeing the sun so that both of us can start growing our friendship network for both of us because we both need it. And I'm sure we'll both meet some really amazing people who resonate with our energy. So just think about that if you find that your friendship support system is lacking in some way. And again, if you have a great partner that you can lean on, that's always a great support system and is hopefully the first level support system for you if that is someone in your life right now. Okay, the last one is stress. And all of these areas can help stress. Sleep, exercise, nutrition, downtime, a support system. These all help us reduce our stress. But I want you to think about any areas of big stress for you. Is it the kids? Is it the relationship with your kids? Is it their behavior? Is it the struggles? Is it bedtimes? If it's things related to your kids, I think I actually know of some great classes on demand on a website that can help you tackle any of these and prioritize them too so that you can tackle the most taxing struggles first. Or is it other stressors? Is it health-related? Is it house-related? Is it career-related, relationship-related, extra responsibilities outside of your nuclear family? Um, Are you taking on too much? Is it financial-related? Do you have trouble saying no? What can you do? What can you say no to? What can you get off your plate? What can you cut out? You don't have to be the PTA mom and the cookie parent and the neighborhood block party planner, whatever it is, and the volunteer for the soccer team or the baseball team, whatever it is, take inventory, make a plan to simplify, streamline, problem solve, problem areas, and lower your stress. First things first, right? If you're struggling with your career and you're not happy and you're working too much or you want to find a job, but yet you're taking on all these outside responsibilities, it might be time to let go of the outside responsibilities and focus on the thing that's going to really pay off for long term. It's really fun to volunteer for our kids and it's important and we all step up and do what we can when we can. But if there's other areas that need attention, it's okay to say no. Work with your partner if you're in a two-parent household. Talk to your therapist if you have one or consider working with one. Therapists are amazing at these types of issues and a lot more to help us to focus on what's important, to help us goal set and problem solve. Therapists are incredible. I don't know where I would be without mine today. So I hope you found this helpful. You got some ideas for changes you want to start making in the new year and beyond. It's not just about changing in the new year. We're a constant growth in progress. If you're interested in learning more the class Peaceful Parenting Part 1 on the website, yourvillageonline.com. I cover all six areas with a self-care quiz and a checklist so you can see where you might want to focus first. Okay, you guys, the app is up. The Parenting Beyond Discipline app is up on the Apple Store. The Google Play has been submitted. It will very likely be up by the time this podcast gets released. So Parenting Beyond Discipline You can download the app. You can get the Intro to Discipline class for free. You can see samples of all the classes on there for free just by downloading the app. So check that all out. And you can see all the classes that are available. You can see that they are listed out by age and they're listed out by topic. Then if you want to get access to the classes, if you want to sign up, you can do that directly through the app or you can go to yourvillageonline.com. These two are not linked together yet. They will be. But my graphic designer who has been on maternity leave just came back this week. So excited to have her back. 
And she will be helping with all of these additional tasks, linking these up together. We'll get emails out. We'll get emails out to everyone who's a member on the website to get you onto the app. In the meantime, or if you don't see an email come out when I announce that, you can email amy at yourvillageonline.com and Amy will get you linked into the app if you are a member because sometimes those emails go into the junk bin. So if you want to get on the app, if you're currently a member or you go ahead and sign up as a member and you want to get on the app, that way we will get you linked in. If you just want to sign up through the app itself, go ahead and do that. And we're really excited to get people trying this out. There's a place on there where you can connect with the community, where you can ask questions about the classes. You can ask questions about the material, about which ones might be the best for what you're dealing with. You can ask other parents about the questions you're dealing with that you might want to get some feedback on, some guidance. Also, you can give feedback on the app if there's anything. I'm pretty sure I didn't do everything perfectly the first time. So if there's a handout missing, if I uploaded the wrong audio file in one of the places, let us know. We'll get that fixed really, really quickly. Again, you can download either or both the audio or the videos you to listen or watch offline. All the handouts are on there. You can print them right from your phone. So I hope you'll check it out. I hope you love it. Thanks for listening and see you next week.